0: Hi, it's Alpha here. Before I get stuck in today's episode, I just wanted to mention that the doors for financial fulfillment in 7 Simple Steps are currently open. Um, they're open for, for one week, so they're going to close again on the 28th of March. And it's, it's going to be really, it's going to be very exciting. Um, it's, a, it's so relevant at the moment for, for everything we're going through. So I cover things like how to make more income, uh, how to get your spending more manageable and under control, um, how to look at ways to save, and then also invest and ways to how leave a legacy and then how that all brings it together with financial empowerment. And there's one-on-one session to go through your values with myself. Then there's live group sessions where you get to ask questions about the online course component which is very chunked down. So I've I've I redid the course again about 6 months ago and made all the videos shorter, the content easier to digest. And the activities also um, are simpler, but they're there, the things that you can use and reuse again and again. And these are things that I've done and I've used and I've adjusted and, and changed over the years to make it sort of more easy to do. So if you have any, any questions, um, have a look on my website. The, the page for that is www.financialfulfillmentprogram.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. And and how to talk with your kids about money is is today's topic, um, and it's something that that we all like. We talking about money is often quite difficult anyway, and um, when it comes to our children, we just sort of want to like put it to the side and go, oh no 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 no, I'm trying to figure this out myself. Let alone talk with my kids about it. But being part of a family. They're gonna they're gonna hear it see it and it's just it's gonna be this thing and if you don't talk with them about it it'll just be this elephant in the room that they will imagine it to be bigger than it actually really is so but before I get into that there's, a, there's a three three key things that I want to actually go through which I'll, I'll just mention quickly and then I'll, I'll go back and um Give you a bit of the history of the whole thing. So, firstly, the thing. Firstly, first of all, you have to actually talk with your kids about money. Like that's 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 the cornerstone of the whole thing. And then, firstly, you also want to then clarify the concepts of want versus need. And this is something I actually think most grown ups we need to we need to remember this as well. What's what's a want versus a need? What do we need to survive? And for children, their their wants and needs will be quite different from a grown ups. But it's important to to make that distinction for them. Secondly, what you're languaging, shifting from the concept of lack of money to what do we choose to spend our money on. It's more of an empowering, proactive choice rather than a reactive lack of in terms of behavior. It's quite important. I'm very, very, I find languaging very, very important anyway, and particularly when it comes to money. And finally, encouraging financial independence as a goal um there's all these sort of i don't know whether we consider them safety nets or safety or whatever it is which i'll go through when i when i talk about it a bit more detail but we really want our children to be independent when we think of you know resilient independent grown-ups is what we're aiming for really anyway and then financially that still applies so we want to make sure that our kids are financially independent so they're the, they're the three. So I'm just going to, to dial back into to what I wanted to, to go through first. And when, I, when we think about money, it, it's really it's become more and more of a thing. And I always ask myself, why is that? So money never used to be such that thing that was like our primary concern in life. The main concerns that we used to have as human beings was finding adequate shelter, food, and remaining healthy. So essentially staying alive. Um now these 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 urgencies these needs began to be more met, met more easily and so as human nature, kind of things. You know, as soon as one problem solved, we find another one to take its place, and and that's where there's other problems as well that, that got replaced with that. And in some cases, some of those problems are still around. But um, we had bartering when it came to money, and then money wasn't really a thing until bartering began to fade, and then money became the thing that we exchanged to get something else that we really needed, which in the fir- in the, so like a first instance used to be shelter and food to keep us healthy and to stay alive. So there's sort of this there's still those survival things because as human beings at our most basic we are wired to survive. Our survival instinct has evolved over time and it feels like less of a driver or an imperative, yet it's still there. There's that reptilian brain that sits around our cerebellum and it's there. We are wired like if something happens, that switch will turn and our survival instinct will kick in. So it's still there. It's just not not needed quite as, as regularly, but our body still responds in a similar way when we feel threatened. And money in itself has become more complex over time as well, with the introduction of more easily obtainable credit, plus cheaper and more readily available consumer goods. Now, I'm I'm showing my age a little bit here, but (laughs) I don't know if you remember the days, I certainly do, um, when it was normal to wait months and months, like at least three months for like a new couch. And this was something that you might have only bought sort of at the beginning of a marriage, for example, when you got married, you and your spouse, you picked your couch and... You waited and waited and waited and you may have had a loner or you sit on the floor in the meantime while you waited. These days, things are just so immediate. I mean, I'm not talking about the post-COVID years, which was a little like difference in terms of supply, and there were certain reasons for that. But it was just usual to wait a long time for things, particularly living in Australia, where in those days things were on ships, and it, and they still are, but they used to just take a lot longer as well. So anyway, that's that's sort of where you know things have just changed. Everything's become faster and more um, cheaper and more accessible, and it's just it's changed how we then see money. The other thing, too, that's made money more complex is that we've begun to attach it to the worth that we feel as human beings. And this is where I get really fired up. The amount you have in your bank account is not a measure of your self worth or a value in any way, shape, or form as you as a human. It's the stuff you have that. Type of car you drive, the sort of clothes and labels that you wear—none of these things really should mean anything in terms of self-worth. These are all like the wants, and I I get—I my last car was—I bought it when it was two years old. And I sold it, well I sold I, I let it go when it was 22 years old and it basically because it, it stopped running efficiently and ended up having to get another car. And I pretty much got the exact same type of car, just a lot newer <laughs> and I'll hang on to that one until it stops becoming mechanically viable Um I used to get teased by my friends like oh my gosh you've still got that car and I'm like yeah but then it kind of became this thing wow you've still got that car <laughs> and I was like yeah I would drive I get high cars whenever I travel somewhere and i would be like wow it's, it's really nice to drive a modern car the steering's lighter. I think you know there's electric windows I was like wow it felt really fancy and I'd come home and I'd have a quick look on maybe a car sales site and i be like there's nothing wrong with my car I like my car so that's there's just that's just an example but it has no, no sense of worth for you as a human being. That There's so many other things that come into that part of it. So what money meant to our parents then and the people around us is what we then take into adulthood and then what we often pass on to our children. It becomes this sort of never-ending cycle of, you know, what we think of money and what it sort of represents about us and, you know, the optics of, of the whole thing, the thing is, you have the power to stop that cycle, if it is a cycle, especially if it's not serving your greater good or the greater good of your children. Now, just ask yourself this. How was money referred to you in your household when you were growing up? What are the memories that you have and the feelings in your body when, I th- when you think back to that time? Was money something that was considered limited, that there was never enough of? Or it caused conflict, or um, any kind of sort of dis ease in the in in the family environment. Just think back to those times, and as with many other things, money is also then something that is learned. So while we've gone through our lives kind of like picking up information or whatever it's money it's not like riding well sorry it's like riding a bike like we don't we're not born knowing how to ride a bike we have to learn it and it's not easy there's so many things that we have to learn I mean even even language that feels a lot easier because you know we want to be able to communicate we kind of just sort of pick it up but it's still learned it's not an innate thing we just have baby talk when we're first when we're first born um, we even, we have to learn to walk even, I mean, that that's because we watch others around us and we want to get places. So there's an imperative for that too. But the same thing goes with money. It is learned. And if we're not formally taught it in a schooling environment, for example, which is where we do most of our learning, formal learning, then we'll you, we'll pick up our understanding of money, not necessarily even knowledge, our understanding of it through what we see and hear from others, particularly our parents. So it's no wonder we're all a bit messed up with money to start with because we haven't, we, we're pulling things into our, our stream of knowledge that's not necessarily relevant or even correct in a lot of cases. And we're just trying to figure it out as we go. And that causes us anxiety and frustration and confusion and all sorts of things. And it really doesn't need to be that that difficult or that complex either. And this is where then you come in. If you're a parent and you're wondering how to talk with your kids about money, here are the three fundamentals that I mentioned earlier that I'm going to go into a bit more, con- bit more detail in a moment. Before I get into it, though, I want to clarify, like I said before, you actually do need to talk to your kids about money. This is an absolute must. (laughs) I'm sure you've noticed that in life, when information isn't either clear or directly provided and there are blanks, they get filled in. And what they usually get filled in with are assumptions, hearsay, and often just plain old gossip. I mean, the amount of times you hear somebody say, oh, I heard blah, blah, and then someone says, oh, yeah, yeah, and suddenly it becomes truth, and then in the end, you're like, that actually has no basis in in truth or reality, but there was something that was left unsaid or something somebody wanted to know, so they filled in the blanks. Children do the same thing. If you aren't speaking with them about money, and I'm saying with deliberately, not at them, speaking with them, like engaging them in the conversation about money, then they're gonna make assumptions and answer any unanswered questions that they've got, which they might not even know how to articulate, but they'll have gaps in their in their knowledge and their mind and they'll fill it in with whatever they think it is based on their life experience so far, which the younger they are, obviously, the less they've got. So they're going to be filling it in with things that would be perhaps so much of a bigger deal. If you've noticed when when you somebody feels really anxious and you go to talk to them and then you clarify and they're like, it's just like relief. They've built it up in their minds to be something horrendous. And then when the reality comes out, they're relieved because it wasn't that big a deal. And children want to be involved in your life and they want to understand what's going on or at least try to, depending on their age. So um, I'm encouraging you to trust them enough to be open with them. They can take it. And also to ask them if they have any questions about money. Because they might have some, but not necessarily realise that they can ask them or that they can articulate them even. So there's there's so much that we need to to try and sort of draw out. I mean you imagine you remember like the times when like I do this with my daughter, she gets in the car at school oh, and I pick her up. It's like, how was your day? Good, what did you do? Hmm, I don't remember you just left school and you said you had a good day so what what happened today? Well, I don't remember and then the times I usually get something out of her is just at bedtime when you know it's time to wind down and, and you you like you're imagining this oh I'm just going to sit on the couch and have some peace and quiet <laughs> and now she's finally telling me about her day and I want to know so I want to listen I don't want to discourage it um, so it's and I'm sure you can relate to that but it's it's important to to at least try to to encourage them to talk about it and and not when you're rushed and frustrated or frazzled you know at a time when you know everyone's a bit more relaxed all right so now that part's clear we'll get into what I said before is the first one which is to clarify want versus need this is a really big one especially for children um as children, their world revolves around them. <laughs> you will have noticed this. Um, and it's understandable because they don't really have much life experience yet about how, you know, to and, and to be considerate of others and the impacts of when you don't or when you don't and all of that. So they don't have a point of reference yet for a lot of things. Plus, they don't have to go to work or pay the bills or make sure the bins are put out or make sure the grass is cut or worry about any health concerns or ailing parents or understand any emotional trauma or supporting friends or anything really beyond their own selves and their own thoughts and emotions their world literally revolves about around them and their uh, how much time they get to play I remember my daughter, um, when she before she went to the school she's at now, she didn't really get much opportunity to play. And it was a big thing for her. When I'd ask her what her favorite part of the day was, she says, oh, when you pick me up and I get to run to the front gate. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it's like, oh, did you get any time to play today? Oh, no, no, no. And then she would never eat her lunch or go to the toilet because they had like, you know, 20 minutes to play. And that's what she would do. She wouldn't, wouldn't. So she was starving and for the toilet when I pick her up because she now got a chance to play. So play is that important to them. So when when you think about that, that concept of play, then anything that facilitates the play is considered to them as a need. There's that new toy that a friend at school has or the latest video game or having a birthday party at the indoor play center that the last kid had their entire class at, which would have cost a small fortune, I might add. So, and these are conversations that I have with my seven-year-old daughter all the time. I'm very clear with her on what she actually needs, like love and attention from her her father and I, food, water, and fun, because that is still a need. There is a need to have fun, especially as a family together. You don't want it to always be serious. Now, that fun doesn't actually need to cost anything, and quite often, the most fun that you have with your child is actually free. My daughter and I go for treasure hunts, we go for bike rides as a family, Um, we build a fort in her bedroom, and we play make-believe, and these are really, really beautiful treasured times um, that I will cherish forever, and they don't need the latest toy or video game or expensive birthday party to, to have meaning or importance. So these wants that they currently have also, they will fade and true needs will not. And this is the important distinction to make sure that they understand the difference between a need and a want if they're still not entirely clear. And they're like, well, if you're not going to need it in a year, then it's not really a need. It's a want. (laughs) So make sure that they understand that this also isn't just about money. It's also the concept of needing and wanting in anything in life. And that money is just the like the byproduct that actually helps facilitate what they consider this need, or this, the purchases what they think this need is. It's just the tool. It's it's not the it's there's no et- emotion attached to that particular you know the concept of money because as soon as we attach emotion to it, that's when we start to feel it, and when we feel it, we can feel happy or sad, and we don't necessarily want to attach that emotion to it. We're trying to make it a little less emotive. All right. So secondly, then shifting in our language from the concept of lack to choosing or having choice. Language that we use is powerful anyway and I'm a big believer in making sure that the language I use is congruent with the meaning I want my mind and my body to take in. Just as a very simplistic example, when I want to remember something important, I'm very deliberate about making sure I say the words I remember uh, rather than saying I don't want to forget something. That way, my brain is clearer on what I want it to focus on. I want it to focus on remembering, not forgetting, because by focusing on forgetting, I'm actually telling my brain to focus on the thing that I don't want (laughs) rather than the thing I do want, which is to remember. And I know that might sound a little bit, you know, overanalyzing, but it is important because our brains will attach that level of importance to the language that we use and the outcome that we actually want to achieve. So enough of that rant. <laughs> and um, so when it comes to money, it's important that children understand the difference that when you are choosing to spend your money on. So many, so many times I've seen people who can't afford something that they say that they, they want or think they need or say that they need, and then they go off and buy an expensive TV or you know buy a jet ski or spend quite a lot of money on something that is really more of a want than a need. But that's what was actually important to them at the time. So that's what they prioritized. And rather than kind of tricking ourselves into thinking that it's, oh, it is really a need because I deserve it and I need to have fun, go, okay, well, no, I've chosen to spend my money on this and not that. Okay, that's a conscious choice. I'm taking my power back rather than going, oh, i oh, trying to justify it in all sorts of ways, which will ultimately just make you feel guilty. And that's not a pleasant feeling either. So that's, that's there's nearly always money for the things that we actually really find important to us. Is what I've learned, and that's where the power of choice. So, like my daughter loves stuffed toys. <laughs> and she's always asking me for them when we go out, especially those little like TY, like beanie kind of ones that you see in news agents and post offices. Anyway, she has a lot of them. So when she points out another one that she wants, I'm like, well, no, you have a lot of them already. And I'm choosing to spend money on something else. Like I would much rather we go and do something together. Like, you know, if we want to go for a bike ride and then grab an ice cream, um, I would much prefer to, to just spend money going out as a family rather than spending it on a toy that's just going to get thrown into your toy box at home and then eventually forgotten about and eventually eventually given away so and that's you know I I play through those scenarios as well because the future is often a foreign concept for kids they're very immediate so I play that through and then she'll go huh right yeah okay no no I don't want it anymore or if she still pushes it I was like right this is where your pocket money comes in (laughs) we use jam jars And one of her jam jars is for, um, for spending the other ones for saving and another ones for giving. Eventually there'll be a fourth one for your investing, but that's probably a little, a little ways down the track still for her. Um, so she can use her spend money for stuff like that. And I'll say, okay, if you want it and quite often, she doesn't really have enough money for it because she tends to spend her spend money relatively soon after she gets it. She doesn't like save it up. Her save jar, she doesn't want to touch, but the spend jar, she's quite happy to spend. So, okay. As long as you recognize that you're saving and her save jar, she just she doesn't have, that's just like what keeps going and, and you know, she's she's saved up quite a lot of money in that so far. Um, I don't know what she'll eventually spend it on, but hopefully something useful. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. Um, but that's my job is to then give her the knowledge and then also display congruent behavior that aligns with the knowledge that I'm giving her and allowing her then to make her own choices and mistakes because there probably will still be some because I still make them too. I'm certainly not perfect in this regard either. But as you're also aware, kids are very keen observers and they love to copy you, especially when they're younger. So they're watching you, how you talk about money and what you're spending your money on as well. So the conversations that you have with your partner that your kids can overhear, don't think they're not listening. They will stop listening to a favorite show to listen to what you're talking about. So make sure that your languaging is still congruent, and they'll also watch what you spend your money on as well. They'll see the the, par- the parcels that rock up on the front door, and I'm always clear with my daughter what they are, because quite often they're things like cleaning products. Or, um, you know, I I eat quite a lot of vegan food and I can't often get it in the supermarket. So I order it from an online vegan sh- supermarket. So stuff like that. So they're not thinking that you're just buying stuff. I'm like, no, no, here's some more cleaning products. Or, you know, that's mama's vegan cheese or, you know, my, you know whatever it is. <laughs> um, or, you know, it's a spare part for something because something's broken and we're trying to fix it um, and just sort of make sure that she's aware of what it actually is. Unless it's a present, which I do often order online as well. But then, you know, she's clear on things that she can and can't know about as well. So they'll notice what your spending habits are. So the main point that I'm trying to make here is that when there's lack and sometimes there is a real need, especially at the moment where, you know, inflation is higher than wage growth. And when you're looking at um, interest rates and housing you know repayments are double in a lot of cases now. You need to also talk with your children about at the point, this point in time, banding together as a family and being able to sort of save where you can while things are like this. And to say, it might not always be like this, and we hope it won't be. But for right now, this is the way it is. And where, But you're still coming from a place of choice. Rather than going, we just don't have the money. You can say, right now, we're having to pull things in because the costs that we normally spend things on are going up. So again, talk to them about it. All right, and the last one, encouraging financial independence as a goal, and this this is this is important because there's still that stereotype out there, especially for girls, that a man is a financial plan, um, and that's just absolutely not true. Like it's there's, there's you know for girls and women, it's really important that they stand on their own two feet and financially and in any every other way as well and it's something that should really be aiming for and it's it's a sense of I, I still remember when you know I moved out of home and I was really financially independent and you know I was working and paying for things and to be honest in the beginning I wasn't earning a huge amount even though I had you know a university education and I was working in an accounting firm as a grad I wasn't earning a lot earning much so when I would go out with my friends I would usually eat dinner beforehand and then I just had something light be like oh you know I had a big lunch so I'm not very hungry um but I was still able to go out and I didn't feel bad about it because I was like you know what I'm happy to be out and socializing with my friends and I don't care if I'm just ordering an entree you know, it's it was more important for me to be out with my friends than you know to order an expensive meal and to show off that I could pay for it. But when you know that would mean me having to, to not buy as many groceries for the next week. You know, like it's you just have to find out what's what's important for you. But that, but I, what the sense of pride was that I could make that choice and there was a financial independence that went with that, and it's a really really wonderful thing. And I know you want that for your kids too, so encourage that for them. Now. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about this topic, so I will leave it there. Um, and one of the things, because this became especially relevant when I had my daughter, and I also want to say that while we are all on our money learning journey, so you're still learning about money, I'm also still learning things that I don't know, because we often don't know what we don't know. So life is about learning and curiosity and growing our knowledge base, but we can also still teach our kids about it as well, because we will still know more than they do. <laughs> Um, because they haven't learned it anywhere yet so they're going to learn it from you also while you're learning so enjoy your learning journey and keep that curiosity alive and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day